0: Hey there. Welcome to Thomas Taylor Ministries. Uh, If this is your first time here, welcome. And if if this is not your first time here, welcome back. Glad to have you. Uh, We're going to get into uh, world government today. We're going to find out what the Bible has to say about world government. And this is covered in Revelation chapters 12 through 14. And so we're just going to go through that. Uh, we're going to cover in specifically chapter 13. Last time we covered chapter 12, you can look that up on my last video. And of course next time we'll probably be finishing up uh, chapter 13 and chapter 14. So this will probably be a three part series uh, on world government, what the Bible has to say about world government. And so this is about you know, the rise of the beast. And so I uh, just want to let you know, you can find lots of resources at my website, thomastaylorministries.org. That's thomastaylorministries.org. And there you'll find in time charts. You'll find a lot of in time articles and graphs. And um, there's regular uh, theology. Uh, there's three years of Bible curriculum. That's just yours to have for free. This is just uh, three years of Bible school that you can just take, copy it, do it on your own, do whatever you like with it, make copies of it. I ask you don't change it, uh, but but, uh, you can take advantage of that. And so there's lots of resources resources there at thomastaylorministries.org. All right. So uh, also remember, if you're on YouTube, you can hit that uh, like button, that subscribe button, and hit the little bell so you can get notifications so you'll know uh, whenever I put out a new video. All right. And also on the website, thomastaylorministries.org, you can go down to the bottom, hit the donate button and support the ministry. I appreciate all my supporters. That helps me continue to put out uh, these videos and to let people know about the end times, to warn people about the things that, that God has uh, warned us about in the Bible. These things are sure to come to pass. And so uh, people need to be aware of them. Christians in particular need to be aware of what God's word says about the end times. All right, that's a nice introduction. Let's go ahead and jump right into the Word of God. Uh, first, I just remind you that this is a chart that I'll be using. Um, it's from my website, and uh, we're, we're covering, in particular, the center part of the chart uh, right through here, where it's talking about world government. Um, we already talked about the birth of Jesus. We talked about the birth of Jesus over here at my last one and how the dragon tried to kill Jesus and so forth. And so a reminder that chapters 12, 13, and 14 are highly symbolic chapters. Most of Revelation, I would say, is not symbolic, believe it or not. You are not not to read it symbolically. But chapter 12, 13, and 14 is highly symbolic, and therefore, we have to find out what the symbols mean. We have to interpret them. And so this is up for interpretation. And the Bible does not give us the interpretation. Um, and so we have to just study, study hard, pray, be led by the Spirit about the interpretation of the symbols. And people are definitely going to disagree with me about <laughs> some of the interpretations, but that's fine. I don't want you to take my word for it anyway. Um, I just pray that you're you're led by the Spirit of God and uh study the Word of God and put the two together and and see if you know, my conclusions are wrong or right. Uh, that's up to you to decide, but that's when it comes to the interpretation of symbols. However, the events mentioned in the book of Revelation throughout the whole book, uh, we are to read them, um, the literal events anyway, that we are to read them, that they are going to come to pass with absolute certainty, uh, such as the asteroid strike that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 8. And uh, so those things are going to come to pass. So when we get into a chapter like this, where it's highly symbolic, I'm just going to give you uh, my best uh, guess at what the symbols mean. And today I'm going to try to prove my symbols. And if you follow along, I think you'll hopefully, you know, at least see where I'm coming from, even if you might disagree with how I choose to interpret the symbols. But anyway, again, this is our, our chart in the center. We're going to be covering world government. And, uh, and and we're gonna uh, talk about the span of time. Uh, what we have is, Revelation is broken up into four main narratives. And the first narrative I've already covered, it's it's the, the big picture item of the seven seals of Revelation. And I'm sure you've probably heard of the seven seals. And so uh, that's like the, the overarching picture. Um, that is the centerpiece of Revelation, um, and and all these narratives. There's four narratives. They all end the same way. They start a little bit different because they start at different times, but they all end the the different at the same time. They all end at the same time, and 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 so it's, the ending is always uh, the Great Tribulation, three and a half years, then the return of Jesus Christ, then the wrath of God is poured out. So those. Four events are at the end of all four of the narratives and so I say that because you don't want to read Revelation in chronological order it's split up into four different stories uh, with different beginnings but the endings are pretty much kind of the same and you can kind of line all four stories up on top of each other and so I do that in in my largest chart which you can find uh, under resources you can see all four stories there so I've covered the main narrative already, which is number one, the seven seals. I've covered the second narrative, which is the the kind of parenthetical story about the two witnesses and what's going to happen on the Temple Mount. This today uh, is a continuation of the third narrative of the book of Revelation. And the other two narratives are to be read literally. But this one is the first vision where, where you know, John is in a vision, but this is kind of a vision within a vision where John has a vision uh, about the rise of world government, the rise of the beast coming out of the sea and so forth. And so we're going to explain all that and get into that. And hopefully it'll help you understand the book of Revelation uh, much, much better. Um, This particular uh, vision is really talking about, the well, all of them are talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. The entire book of Revelation is not the revelation of Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so because it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, it all points to the glory of Jesus Christ. And in this particular subject, the rise of world government, we're gonna see how Jesus Christ defeats world government, the, the beast and the Antichrist and the false prophet. And Satan, ultimately. And so the unique point of view of this particular vision um, is that it's looking at the defeat of man's power and government on the earth. Uh, If you know your Bible, and we'll be covering the scripture today, you know that uh, all the world shall worship um, the, the the Antichrist and, and the beast and so forth. And we'll explain what that is, what that means. Um, and so there's a world government coming that's going to implement that. That's going to basically force people to do that. And so that's why, you know, I don't like world government. I don't like uh, the United Nations. I don't like Agenda 2030 or Agenda 21 Uh, or the Sustainable Goals for Development, because they all push us towards a world government. And unfortunately, as we're seeing things shape up in this last uh, few days, last days, we're seeing the world government move in the direction of communism or Marxism, or they call it socialism, but don't be fooled, It's, it's communism. And so uh, I really don't like that. Um, I particularly like to be free, um, and you probably do too. So we want to resist in all possible ways this nation and every nation, your nation, wherever you're at, moving towards socialism, communism, and Marxism. Um, and so something unique about this vision, which covers chapters 12 through 14, is uh you know, a vision is is kind of uh, interesting in in that it could crunch together huge amounts of time. This span between Jesus's birth and uh, the final three and a half years, it it takes one sentence. In fact, it seems to be right in the middle of the sentence. So it jumps almost 2000 years in a sentence. And so um, keep that in mind. If you read these chapters, 12, 13, 14, it it seems to all kind of be telling one story, but the, 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 the the expanse of time can kind of be crunched, you know? And so that's something kind of cool and unique about visions, but let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we're going to be reading out of revelation chapter 13, starting at verse one, John told us, and the dragon stood on the sand of the sea shore. The, the dragon is Satan Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten diadems, and on his heads were blasphemous names, and the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority." Now it's pretty obvious that there's no such thing as a seven headed beast. So you immediately know, this is not to be interpreted literally. (laughs) Uh, This is of course a symbol. And so the question becomes, what is the symbol? A lot of times the Bible will tell us what the interpretation of symbols, the symbols are. You'd have to study sometimes that very passage or you have to study throughout your entire Bible. The Bible does not give us the interpretation of these symbols anywhere. But we will read there is a parallel passage in Daniel that that you can follow along and learn a little bit more detail concerning this chapter, uh, what these symbols are, Revelation chapter 13. And with Daniel and Revelation 13 put together, we can start drawing some conclusions about what the beast is and what the beast is not. And of course, I believe the beast is, is it's one single beast rising up. So it's one single beast, uh, meaning it is a, uh, a kingdom of itself, or, or you can almost call it a nation of its own. And it's a, it's a world government is, is what it is. And so I'll get into that in just a bit. But, uh, you know, I encourage you to always do your own study and, you know, make your own judgments as far as what the interpretation of these beasts are. But I'm going to give you what I think they are. Um, I've done a lot of research on my own, and with the help of Brother Irvin Baxter, who's gone home to be with Jesus, um, I've, I've extrapolated a lot of um, out of his teachings my own um, interpretation of the symbols, though in some areas I do disagree. Uh, but let's go ahead and get right into it. So, Revelation chapter 12, that we've already covered, talks about. Another seven-headed creature with horns and crowns, but this uh, creature, beast out of Revelation chapter twelve, is in the spirit realm. It is. It is talking about what's happening in the spirit with you know Satan and his fallen angels. You know they 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 attack Jesus at his birth that many of the angels had fallen to the bottomless pit and were held in the bottomless pit. And so at the end of the age in the great tribulation, they're going to rise up out of the abyss, the bottomless pit. And that's what's happening in the spirit realm. In chapter 13, we're we're going to read what's happening in the physical realm. Um, And so we're talking about nations. And um, so this seven-headed beast is symbolic for a one-world government. Notice it is a single beast uh, over there in Revelation. Not Revelation, Daniel. Um, they're actually mentioned as separate beasts, but when we get to the end of time, they become united as one. And so that's that's what we're reading here in Revelation chapter thirteen. Is a it's symbolic of the one-world government. And what will happen is a single beast will rise up from the sea. The the sea is a symbol for multitudes of people or nations. And so out of the nations shall rise this seven-headed beast, which will be uh, basically seven nations in particular. So these seven nations will be of one heart and one mind at the end of time. Um, And they're going to rule and have a one-world government. And one of those heads will be the Antichrist kingdom in particular. And we'll get into that. But let's talk about what are all these heads. You know, this is a bizarre beast. It has different heads, even though it's a, a single beast, you know. And so the seven nations, I believe, I know this is going to be bizarre to some people, I believe the first head is Britain. The second head is Russia. The third head, the fourth head, and the fifth head uh, and the sixth head is Germany. There's four heads of, a, of the leopard. And then the seventh head would be a revised United Nations. And so I believe this based on Daniel chapter 7. Now, you probably are familiar with some of the passages in in the book of Daniel, and I'm going to read uh, the parallel passage in Daniel, found in chapter 7, verses 4 through 6. Daniel says this, the first was like a lion and had wings of an eagle. So that clarifies this is the same beast that we're reading about. In Revelation, I kept looking until its wings were plucked, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. A human mind also was given to it, and behold, another beast, a second one resembling a bear, and it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth, and thus they said to it, Arise, devour much meat. Then verse six says this, After this, I kept looking, and behold, another one, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. So I believe that, you know, what we just read in Revelation chapter 13 and Daniel chapter 7 are talking about the same thing. It's talking about something at the end of time. That's why it's in the book of Revelation, and so I have a problem with people that think that the four, the, all, all seven heads are talking about ancient kingdoms. In other words, they, they basically say this old statue, which represents the head of gold, which is Babylon, uh, it was Medo Persia, which had the, the breast and the arms of silver. The belly and thighs were from Greece and the legs and toes were from Rome. I agree with the Rome. In fact, I agree that this is a proper interpretation of Daniel chapter two, that great statue. It is a improper interpretation for Daniel chapter seven, where it talks about the lion and the bear and the leopard. It's two completely different things. It is not a repeat. In chapter 7 of chapter 2, chapter 7 is not talking about ancient Babylon, ancient, ancient Medo-Persia, or ancient Greece. And I'll prove it to you. But a lot of people interpret it to be uh, chapter 7 with the lion and the bear and the leopard to be talking about these ancient kingdoms. Well, why do we find them in Revelation chapter 13? Um, I believe Revelation 13 is talking about the final uh, three and a half years. And so I will show you the scripture that proves that. Now, follow along with me here. I'm trying to prove that the beast in Daniel 7 is not the statue. It is not Babylon and Medo-Persia and and, uh, Greece. This is why Daniel 7 makes it very clear it is impossible that these beasts are talking about those ancient kingdoms. In in the middle of uh, verse 11, he says, I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. That beast is that fourth uh, kingdom, which is the Antichrist kingdom. So Daniel kept watching until the Antichrist kingdom was destroyed with a burning flame. And so we know that's at the end of time. But here's the clue. As for the rest of the beasts, talking the the lion, the bear, and the leopard, their dominion was taken away, but for an extension of life was granted to them, an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. So this makes it abundantly clear that these beasts are still around, these nations are still around When the Antichrist kingdom is destroyed, therefore it's impossible for it to be ancient Babylon because ancient Babylon is no longer around. Medo-Persia is no longer around. Greece is still around. (laughs) It's a very ancient nation. Uh, Nonetheless, but but all of these are going to be granted an extension of life at the end of time when the fourth kingdom, the the, the the Antichrist kingdom, is being destroyed. So all these nations, whatever these animal beasts are, are still going to be around when, he, when the uh, fourth kingdom, the Antichrist kingdom, is being destroyed by Jesus coming back. So that immediately makes us start looking at which nations are on the earth today. If you believe we're in the end time, and I do, we need to look at the nation's that are here today you can it is definitely absolutely not ancient babylon and medo persia and um greece for daniel 7 that is correct for daniel 2 but for daniel 7 and revelation 13 we're talking about kingdoms that'll be on the earth when the antichrist kingdom is set up and they will join to the antichrist kingdom these nations And and ultimately, there's just three nations. Um, That's what Daniel tells us. There's three nations, but one of those nations happens to have four heads. And that's what we're reading in uh, Revelation chapter 13. All right. So what are these nations? We have to look at nations that have power. They have, because the Bible says they'll be, it'll be strong like iron. So we're looking for powerful, strong nations that are in the end time. All you got to do is look at the United Nations, who are the most powerful nations in the United Nations. And, well, there's, there's five uh, nations that have veto power. They're the most powerful Um, I think they all have nuclear power. They, they're the most, uh, powerful economically, um, most of them anyway. And so let me read it again. We're going to read out of Daniel chapter seven. I'm going to read verse four again. The first was like a lion and had wings of an eagle. And I kept looking until its wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man and a human mind also was given to it all right so the first is the lion which i interpret to be great britain the modern day symbol of great britain is a lion part of uh, nato uh, they are very strong very powerful uh, and so also great britain was once a major world power like the, the, the greatest power on the earth having um, power over one-fifth of the world's population. At the height, uh, they were the largest empire in the world and they held power for a hundred years. They were known to have a superior navy, uh, but then their zeal to conquer the world and colonize the world kind of waned. And they went from being a voracious lying to having the heart of a man, just like the Bible says. Uh, having a more sensible and restrained manner instead of colonizing the world. So what other evidence is there that that we see in Daniel 7 that, that gives me the clue that this is talking about Britain? Well, consider that the lion has the wings of an eagle and that those wings were removed. Well, what nation has an eagle as its symbol? Well, we know the United States, of course. The United States separated from Great Britain about two hundred and fifty years ago, in the year seventeen seventy-six. So those wings were plucked off, and you know now we just have a lion all by itself. And the United States is separate from the lion or Great Britain. The second beast. Let's read out of Daniel. The second beast verse five, and behold, another beast, a second one resembling a bear. And it was raised up on one side and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And thus they said to it, arise, devour much flesh. The bear is the second beast, which will arise after the lion. Now a bear happens to be the modern-day symbol of Russia, the Russian Federation of today. Again, Russia is in the United Nations as a major world power, one of only five seats out of over 200 in some seats that have veto power. It is a nuclear nation. It is a strong economy, a stable and powerful, powerful nation. Uh, Russia is well-known for Its ability to devour much flesh. Well, you know, if you know anything about Lenin and Stalin, uh, they killed millions and millions of their own people under the brutal, uh, totalitarian communism of Russia. So the bear is raised up on one side, which I think may mean that, you know, if you know the nation of Russia, the vast majority of it to the West is siberia and there's just nobody over there uh most of the population of russia is on one side of the nation it is to the uh, not the west uh the the east is siberia to the west is russia uh, um, moscow and that's where the population of russia is um, is all to the east towards um, europe the european side so it's raised up on one side and it says that there's three ribs which I'm not sure what that means, except possibly, you know, some nations broke off from Russia, and I think the three ribs may be those nations that Russia will try to grab a hold of again, such as Ukraine and some of the others. Uh, so it's unclear what the ribs are at this time, but um, I am pretty certain that the, the bear in Revelation 13, the bear in Re- uh, Daniel chapter 7, is the nation of Russia. Let's keep reading in Daniel chapter 7, verse 6. The third beast, it says, After this, I kept looking, and behold, another one, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. All right, so we got a, a single leopard. That tells us that it is a single nation. But this particular nation has four heads. Well, that's kind of bizarre. Um, So that that tells us that there's four major um, leaderships that happened in the history of this one nation. I believe it to be Germany, and I'll explain why. Now, the leopard is not the official symbol of Germany. Um, actually it, it happens to be an eagle it's a, a different kind of eagle than the American bald eagle nonetheless um, I, I believe the eagle in the book of Revelation is talking about the United States of America and it's already been used so how can one learn what the the leopard is and these these four wings and four heads well we need to look a little bit closer at the passage Again, the leopard has four heads, so there must be four distinct kingdoms within this one kingdom or four distinct leaderships, and it has the wings of a fowl. Therefore, there's there's another nation associated with it because, you know, leopards don't have wings, so there's another nation associated with with this nation. This nation, I believe, is Germany, uh, which seems to fit best as the leopard because there were four reichs in germany you you might have heard of the reichs reich uh, is just german for empire and so the first reich was known as the holy roman empire first ruled by the frankish king frankish meaning french frankish king charlemagne so there was a strong connection between the french and germany they're right there next to each other and so Charlemagne ruled uh, the Holy Roman Empire, which was a a conglomeration of religion and um, a monarchy was kind of combined, and he had both monarchy power and religious power combined into one man. And because of this strong, powerful force of religion and government joined together as one... Um, this particular head ruled for about over a thousand years, from about 800 to 1806. But the first one was Charlemagne. He was the great emperor, uh, the Frankish king that ruled in Germany and for Germany. The second Reich or empire was the German Empire under. Otto von Bismarck, and that was from 1870 to 1919. So that's the second head on the leopard. The third head on the leopard was the Third Reich, which you might be familiar with out of World War II, which was Adolf Hitler's rule from 1933 to 1945. And then the Fourth Reich is the final Reich, and that will be the Reich or the empire that is alive during the time of the great tribulation and the rule of the antichrist kingdom the fourth reich is i believe the european union that started in 1958 and it is almost entirely controlled by germany and france they are the de facto heads particularly germany they're more powerful Uh, germany is the de facto head of the european union and so the Germans have a strong alliance with the French as key players in the European Union. France's, France's national symbol just happens to be a rooster. <laughs> so that's where the wings come from. The wings of the fowl. There's four wings of a fowl in this prophecy fulfilled in. When the two nations of Germany and France come together and so they will seem to try to create maybe another Holy Roman Empire where they'll they will unite uh, Catholicism into uh, a powerful force with the European Union and they want to create the United States of Europe and and, and the idea was to compete with the the United States of America to have a strong um, force. Uh, monetarily, and we know they created their own monetary unit, the euro, and as well as in every other way. They were hoping to have a strong alliance. Now, we know that uh, they tried to bring in uh, Britain, but I knew that was never going to work. According to this prophecy, Britain was never going to be united to the leopard because they were their own distinct animal, they were the lion. And so I knew by the Bible prophecy, Brexit was going to happen. Britain had to split away so that it would be its own unique characteristic beast, the lion. It had to split away from the European Union, which is run by, in particular, Germany. And so um, I just knew that was going to happen. And that's just because I know uh, this Bible prophecy. Again, this, this one about Uh, The leopard, uh, you probably won't hear most people teach about that. Um, Some people, a few people teach that the leopard is Germany, but I believe it's not Germany all by itself. I believe it is Germany as the de facto head of the European Union. And so we have all the spots on the leopard. I believe that that um, really points to all the nations that make up the European Union so it's a, con- a conglomeration of nations which come together. Um, and and the, the, the force of the European Union is NATO, NATO power. Another interesting thing about Germany, though, is they are, you know, a, a leopard is a fierce animal on the hunt. And Germany is a, a great, is great at war. It always has been. Um, also, it's one of the tanks that it used to almost win World War II was called the Leopard Tank. But also consider the following. You are probably familiar with the fall of the Berlin Wall that happened in 1989. And what actually happened there was a a new world order was birthed out of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Um, All of the Reichs of Germany today and always were attempting to unite Germany under one, uh, not Germany, Germany was t- attempting to unite Europe under one government, one entity, one power, which I believe the, is the fourth head of the leopard. And so they're attempting to recreate really the, the original Holy Roman Empire, which held so much power. It held so much power over the last, over that thousand year reign that it, it had, uh, starting with Charlemagne. So the fall of the Berlin Wall united East Germany and West Germany uh, into one nation again. And it also um, broke apart the division between East and the West. To the East is Russia and communism and China's communism. To the West is European um, democracy. And so when the wall came down... um, The idea was, oh, okay, now those to the West are going to be free, free from the brutal communism, because communism always fails. But that's not quite what happened. (laughs) What really happened was communism, instead of democracy moving West into Russia and China, their communism and totalitarianism is moving. uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying it wrong. Instead of moving east into China with democracy, the communism of China and Russia is moving west into Europe. And so now Europe is mostly mostly a socialist nation. All right. So there was in this prophecy uh, in Revelation chapter three, uh, chapter 13, verse three, it says this, I saw one of its heads. As if it had been slain and his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. And so, uh, remember that these beasts are kingdoms or nations. And so, a head being slain means a nation was basically completely destroyed. It was, it was pretty much dead. You know, when it talks about a head being injured. Some people think the Antichrist is going to have a head wound. Remember, this is not talking about the Antichrist. It's talking about a beast. The Antichrist is a horn on the head of the beast. It is the little horn. This is talking about the beast. It is the nation. A head of a beast is a nation. And so there was a nation that was uh, destroyed. and you know that nation, it is the nation of Germany, which was the Third Reich, Adolf Hitler. Um, and that nation was completely de- uh, destroyed and yet it was resurrected. It came back to life Germany is now a world power again. and you know, when when that Berlin Wall fell, um, it, it became even more powerful. And so don't ever read the Bible to think that the, the Antichrist is going to have a head wound and something's going to happen to his eye. That's, that's not true. The Antichrist is the little horn, not a beast. The beast is a nation. And so it was one of the heads of the leopard that was, uh, dis- was almost killed. And one of the heads of the beast was wounded to death. And it was resurrected. And that is the nation of Germany. And so, Germany is now a world-class power again, and the de facto head of the European Union. All the world wondered after the beast. It says, uh, once the head was healed, it's like, how could Germany rise again? Um, how could there be a uniting again of East and West? East Berlin, West Berlin. Uh, yeah, East and West Berlin, East and West Germany, and ultimately, it's going to be East and west. To the east is communism, of Russia and China. To the west is Europe. That's what the world will wonder after, is how these two completely different ideologies are going to mix. And that's what we're seeing right now. That is how the world government is being formed. The United Nations is being formed under communism and Marxism to control the world. It's not that The democracy, when the Berlin Wall fell, moved east. It's that communism moved west and took over Europe. All right. So this created the new world order. The joining of Eastern communism with Western European democracy. But let's keep going. What about this fourth and final head? Daniel says this in chapter chapter seven, verse seven. And I kept looking in the night visions and behold a fourth beast dreadful and terrible and extremely strong and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet. And it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. All right, so we know the beast now, Britain, or the United Kingdom. Um, the second beast is the bear, which is Russia. And the third beast is Germany, in particular, the United, uh, the, the European Union. So this fourth beast, I believe, is going to be the world government, which will be controlled by ten kings, and in particular, the Antichrist. So this is what I call the Antichrist Kingdom, or Daniel's fourth kingdom in chapter seven. And it is clear in Revelation twelve twelve and uh, Revelation 12, uh, 17, 10, it'll only last a short time. So that tells me it is not modern day uh, United Nations. This short time will probably be the three and a half years, the Great Tribulation time. Um, and so it will be reformed. The United Nations will be reformed into this new entity that's going to have 10 uh, heads. Well, not 10 heads. I will say 10 world leaders. These are the 10 horns. The 10 horns will rule the United Nations, which are basically 10 nations. Five will be strong. Five will be weak. We'll get into that in just a minute. So let's... Uh, try to break down Daniel chapter seven and verse seven. Um, Again, I believe it is going to be a revised United Nations and it'll be uniting Europe, which has NATO forces as an army of sorts. And it'll unite Russia and China military for a short time, three and a half years. I believe that those forces are the forces that invade Uh, Armageddon. They are the, 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 the armies that will be slaughtered at Armageddon. NATO, combined with Russia and China military, millions and millions will be there at Armageddon to be slaughtered by Jesus Christ. So what is this fourth kingdom? Do we have any more of a description of it? The Antichrist kingdom is described as being dreadful, which means it'll cause great fear in the earth it's described as being terrible and literally which means it is mighty it is described as being strong exceedingly of course it is with nato and russia china forces combined it says that it has great iron teeth again this means it has a very very large and strong uh, military the teeth are part of the mouth of the lion which we know to be britain um but I don't believe it's just Britain or the United Kingdom. I believe it's talking about uh, NATO. NATO has 3.3 million service members. Uh, the UK alone only has about 200,000 service members. So I believe it is talking, uh, when it talks about great strong iron teeth, it is talking about uh, NATO forces as, as one of the main forces of uh implementing world government um through the united nations. The Antichrist Kingdom devours the residue. The residue means the remaining nations. Um, so a revised United Nations will devour nations. The Antichrist kingdom will break them in pieces and the rest or the remainder will be crushed and they'll be shattered, broken into pieces. That's talking about the remainder of nations will be crushed by the brutal dictatorship of the, the Antichrist, the, to, the totalitarian rule of the, of the Antichrist and his 10 kings and Marxism implemented worldwide. So, um, he, he is again different in that, uh, the United Nations is its own entity. Um, even though Britain and Russia and Germany or the uh, European Union are part of it, they are also distinct and yet one with the United Nations. And that's why there's one beast rising out of the sea. They have become one at the end time that, that we see in Revelation 13. All right. So the Antichrist ha- ha- uh, kingdom has 10 horns, 10 primary kings or leaders that run it. Now, the the current United Nations Security Council consists of 10 elected members and five permanent members, which totals 15. So the new United Nations will total 10 that will run it. Five will probably be permanent members like there are today, and five will be non-permanent members of the Security Council, which, make, which have veto power. All right, so currently, though, right now the United Nations... Security Council has China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Those are the five um, permanent members of the U.N. Security Council with veto power. Now, you will recognize many of these as the beasts that I've already covered because they're powerful. And that's why I look at these nations first and foremost. Now, Germany is not in here. Uh but France is in here. France, again, was the wings on that leopard. And so it is like France represents the European Union. But I believe in the revised United Nations that's coming, that's only going to last three and a half years, um, the European Union will be one of those, um, probably one of those security council members that has veto. Power, And so Germany and France will be combined as the European Union, as one of those powerful uh, members. I believe likely the, the United States is going to break off um, because they're going to stand with Israel. And uh, I believe that is the great eagle in the book of Revelation, and it will still be great at that time. And so they are contrary. The United States um, ideology, the majority of us anyway, is anti-globalism, anti-United Nations. And so I don't know that they'll stay on the Security Council, but something will happen, and there will be a revised United Nations, and possibly they will kick the United States to the curb. I don't know. You remember out of Daniel chapter 2, verse 42, it says, and uh, there were toes of this great statue. There are 10 toes, of course, some of them were partly iron and partly of clay or pottery. And so some of the kingdom will be strong and some of it will be brittle. And so five members of the final end time Antichrist kingdom, the final United Nations, five will be strong nations. Five are going to be weaker nations. And so we already know that the EU, the UK and Russia are, are destined to be joined as um, the part of the European, uh, not the European Union, but the United Nations Security Council. The Antichrist man is part of this fourth beast, the terrible beast. He is one of the ten horns, and a horn symbolizes authority in the Bible. The Antichrist man is going to be the major leader of the revised United Nations, which is the fourth beast. Alright, so just to break it down again, in modern times, the world government government to come will actually manifest as today's United Kingdom, today's Russian Federation, and today's European Union. And there will be a future revised United Nations that will unite Russia and probably the Chinese as well, the East, with Europe in the West. And these forces will be combined and be the the kind of the army of the Antichrist. Um, There will be 10 horns, which means 10 men that will control the Antichrist kingdom. 10 world world leaders will give their allegiance to the revised United Nations, and they will mostly come out of the UK, Russia, and the EU. The 10 crowns that it talks about indicate that there will be a world government through this Antichrist kingdom run by 10 men that other nations will willingly submit their sovereignty to for a time. So upon the seven heads of the beast are the crowns, which are na- the heads, are nations. And and upon the heads will also be names of blasphemy. They will hate God. They will hate anybody that stands for conservatism or freedom in the United States or you know Trump or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but most importantly, they will Stand for sin. They will. They will parade sin. They will um, love sin. They will um, embellish in sin as it, as as if it's a good thing. And so these nations will hate God because of their socialistic, Marxist, humanistic mindset. Um, so therefore, true Christianity and Judaism are the number one adversaries of the world government. Um, The Antichrist kingdom will persecute God's people. I've talked about this. If you know about Agenda 2030, I believe it is likely to be the very um, covenant that we are warned about um, in the book of Daniel chapter 9, Antichrist covenant with many. And I've already covered that in another video. Um, I know that might be hard to believe. But just check out that other video and and see if you know you can you can follow along with me and agree. Basically, this this covenant with many known as Agenda Twenty Thirty, or the Sustainable Development Goals, is another name for it. All the, almost every nation has already agreed to it. Um, so I believe the United Nations is this final world beast government. There's no other entity on the planet that can come close. Um, to to a world government, Islam is not united. They're very divided. They don't have the money. They don't have the power. All all they are are a blunt instrument. They have no one is is pledging allegiance to Islam, except Islam. All the nations of the world have already pledged allegiance to not only the United Nations, but to this Agenda 2030, which I again believe is the Antichrist covenant with many. Plus, Islam does not fulfill the prophecies. About the only prophecy that seems to kind of make sense is Islam is known for cutting off heads. And so, you know, there is that passage where it says that, um, the persecution will, will cause, uh, Them to cut off heads. And so that's like the only thing. Other than that, Islam does not fulfill the prophecy of um, world government. Um, And so the United Nations are not ashamed in proclaiming um, Agenda 2030 is how they plan to rule the world. Um, and I've already, again, covered that in a different episode. I encourage you to check it out. But make no mistake, the United Nations is moving towards a one world government under the banner of socialism, which is basically communism or Marxism. They hate Israel, anti-Semitism. They hate Christians. They hate conservatives. They hate Trump supporters because all these stand in the way of world government. So let's get into Revelation chapter 13 and we'll read starting at verse 4. And it says, who is like the beast? Hold on, let me read Revelation 13, 4. That's a different chat. That's a different one. Verse 4 says, They worship the dragon because he, the the dragon is always Satan, gave his authority to the beast. The beast is the world government. It it is not necessarily the Antichrist, though the Antichrist is included. So they worshiped the beast. Not, not the Antichrist. They worship the beast, world government, saying, who is like the beast? Remember, the beasts are, are these animal heads. The beasts are the animal heads. Again, the animal heads are nations combined into one as a world government. So they're going to worship the world government. Who is like the beast? Who is able to make, wage war with him? Alright, so the world will worship the dragon, which is Satan. The, world, the word worship means to fawn, to prostrate, to pay homage and to adore. This means they will honor and pay homage to all that Satan has implemented, including sin, the world system, world government. It doesn't mean that they will like be occult worshipers of, of Satan. Some will, but um, they will worship the system of world government that Satan has created. The world will worship the beast which again are the nations or the united nations uh, which make up the antichrist kingdom and because of the great power that will result when the east joins with the west most of the world will subjugate themselves to the antichrist kingdom they will honor this world government either out of alliance because they want to be like them or out of just fear And so the whole world will wonder who can make war with such a kingdom when East joins with West in the United Nations with this super powerful army of NATO plus Russia and China. Again, no nation or group or terrorist could succeed in overthrowing such a powerful army. Okay, let's keep going. Let's go to verse 5. The Antichrist kingdom will have a spokesperson, namely the Antichrist. That's what verse 5 is talking about. There was given him... Given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies, and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. This, of course, is the Antichrist speaking on behalf of leading the United Nations. Um, and, And I think that he is going to be hidden for a very long time. We might not know who he is until close to the end. He is just going to be maybe one of those 10 kings, or aside from those 10 kings, Um, Actually, he will be one of the 10 kings. Nonetheless, we won't know who he is uh, for a very long time. But I believe he will be in power for 42 months, just like the Bible says. That's the short time. It's three and a half years. Um, After which, you know, uh, after the uh, asteroid comes and Jesus raptures the church, the wrath of God will be poured out on Armageddon, where these, these armies of the United Nations will invade Jerusalem. All right. So that at the midpoint of the seven years, the Antichrist will be given authority to to continue for 42 months. And this begins the Great Tribulation where he will persecute Jews and try to dominate the whole world. Again, I believe there is a trigger event that causes this to take place, which is likely the announcement that the asteroid is going to come. And that's just a theory. I don't really know, of course. Uh, Then let's jump down to verse seven. And it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority over every tribe and, and people and tongue and nation was given to him. This is the ultimate verse that speaks of world government. This is the essential, quintessential verse that we need to look at that proves this is the enemy. World government, globalism is the enemy. It is here that we read Um, that he's given authority over every tribe, people, tongue, and nation. So who are, now the question is, who are the saints? He's going to make war, the Antichrist and the world government is going to make war with against the saints. Who are the saints? Oh, the saints will be gone, some people say. No, not according to this. Saints are holy ones. You can only be made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. We, the church, will be here during this time. We will not leave until the day of the rapture, which happens after the asteroid, after the great tribulation. All right. So the Antichrist and his kingdom will make war against the saints, the holy ones of God. So there will be persecution against Christians and Jews by the Antichrist kingdom. Uh, and they will overcome us so to overcome means to subdue to conquer, to prevail to get the victory They will given be given power which means authority um, over all kindreds which means all race races and clans. in other words all nations will submit to this new United Nations and give their authority so that you know they can save us from the asteroid um, it is uh, this United Nations will also, be given power over all languages, or this final kingdom beast. Uh, And also, authority is given to the Antichrist and his kingdom over all nations, meaning peoples, nations, and tribes. Again, this proves this is a world government to come. So the Antichrist kingdom, which is a revised United Nations, will grant itself sovereignty over all nations, claiming it was necessary To prevent, you know, climate change, coronavirus, and of course the chaos that the asteroid which is approaching will bring. Some nations will will willingly submit while others will not. The Bible is very clear that even Jordan will not be controlled by the Antichrist. So I believe the United States will also not fall under the power of the Antichrist uh, completely. There will always be some that will want to, um, but I believe we're the, the, the eagle's wings, the great. Make America great. We are the great eagle's wings, which save Israel in the end time. Revelation 13, 8 says this, and all that dwell upon the face of the earth will worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life, the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Who is the him that all the world will worship? according to verse four, the hymn is the beast, not the Antichrist. People think we're going to worship the Antichrist. Uh, Indirectly, we will. Indirectly, not we, but they will. The world will. They will worship indirectly the Antichrist and Satan. But in particular, they will knowingly pledge their allegiance to this new world government and worship it. So the context out of verse 4, Revelation 13, 4, makes it clear it is not talking about the Antichrist man, but um, the world will all wonder and worship the world government, the beast, which is which happens to be run by the Antichrist man. The world government is uh, the Messiah to those people in the world whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life because they will save them from the the asteroid and climate change and coronavirus and other viruses and in their mind no other entity has the power to do so because you know they don't even believe in god so if you 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 unite all the greatest thinkers of the world to solve the problem of this asteroid you know um then we should be fine right <laughs> that's 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 what World government is going to do for us to save us. The new world order is coming, and uh, so it will be a revised United Nations. And they have been planning this for several decades. This isn't a new thing. The coronavirus was basically a dry run to see who's going to go along with their plan, and you know, uh, there's a lot of people that didn't and won't. Um, so it is it is a government made by man. So that man can boast against God about how great they are. But like the Tower of Babel, God is going to come and look at man's feeble attempt to be a God and God will destroy them forever. And so um, we'll close up chapter 13. Next time we'll go ahead and look at the false prophet and the mark of the beast and all these things. Uh, My time has really got extended here. And so next time we'll get into all that. The real question is are you ready? Uh, The only way to be ready is to not be afraid of death because Christians will die uh, in the end times. They will be persecuted. The only way to be ready is to be born again. Are you ready? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Don't ask yourself, how can I escape? The question is, if you have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, death has lost its power over you. The grave has lost its power You are free, and you should be fearless when it comes to death. And so I invite you to call on the name of the Lord to save you and to forgive you and make Jesus Lord of your life. Let him direct all things in your life. Hand him complete sovereignty of your life. And if you've done that, you can go to my website, thomastaylorministries.org. Hit the contact page and let me know. Also, again, like and subscribe. I appreciate you joining me. We'll pick this up next time. God bless.